What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips. My name is Ryan, and I'm coming to you once again from the Batcave. If this is your first time stumbling on the channel or the podcast, I'm a part-time YouTuber, part-time podcaster, full-time reseller working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel and podcast are all about the flip life. So if that's your jam, stick around and maybe join the uh, Galaxian family. And uh, today's episode will have a quick recap of some of the cool stuff that has sold over the last week here at the Galaxy. There's not a bunch this week. It was a pretty, it's a pretty mediocre week. Uh, sales were okay, but there just wasn't anything that exciting. A ton of little stuff uh, all added up to be a pretty decent week. But there's just not really a lot to show you. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to spend some time. There was a viewer request a couple of weeks ago to show kind of how I keep track of and store media inventory. And the suggestion was to just do a quick, like, kind of two-minute walkthrough. And the more I looked at it and the more I thought about it, I decided it probably could stand to have a little fuller treatment than that. So you're going to get the whole thing. As always with these videos... My goal is not to tell you how I think you should do things. It's just to share with you how I'm doing things to give you maybe a few more tools in the toolbox that you can use and adapt to whatever system you want to implement. A lot of these are things that I've picked up either from my time in retail or from watching other YouTubers. So one of the first things that you're going to have to decide is how you want to store your stuff. If you watch a lot of reseller YouTube videos, you've seen two really big ones that are very common, big Rubbermaid totes of some sort and banker's boxes. Both of those are fantastic for a wide range of merchandise. They don't necessarily lend themselves particularly well to media, though, for two reasons. Number one, even though the normal CD only weighs five or six ounces, if you put 200 of them in a Rubbermaid tub that becomes an almost immovable object. <laughs> uh, it is a lot of weight. Secondly, because it's so big, to take full advantage of the size, you end up putting layers, and now you've got inventory hidden by other inventory, which is not ideal when you're trying to pull something. So in those cases, uh, with media CDs, DVDs, cassette tapes, I don't use those larger, deeper storage devices. In keeping with the reseller ethos of recycling and conserving and reusing whatever we can, I recycle a ton of boxes. Um, I use old U-Haul boxes that I've cut down in half to essentially make trays. Um, the picture I'm going to show you here in a minute is an eBay box that I received, I think, a bunch of bubble mailers in that I cut out and turned into a tray for CDs. These trays will hold anywhere from 90 to maybe 120 CDs in each one, one layer deep, so they're really easy to get to. So let me just show you this picture. Here's the eBay box. You can see I've got a label on it. So that's the next thing that you probably want to decide is how are you going to track all of these boxes, assuming you have more than one. Again, if you watch a lot of YouTube videos of other resellers, the most common thing is some kind of alphanumeric system. You've got a rack and you say, this is rack A and that is rack B. And then within that rack, maybe you have eight or 10 totes and they're labeled A1 through eight or 10, whatever the, whatever the numbers are. In my case, I've done something similar, but 
the first letter denotes where it's at in my house. In this case, you see this one is GC13. So the G signifies that these boxes are going out in the garage. The C indicates that this is a box of CDs as opposed to a B for a box of books or maybe a G for just general merchandise. So it gives me some kind of way to organize all those boxes together out in the garage. And then obviously, lastly, the number is just an indicator of which one it is in sequence. You'll store those in order, GC1 through, I think I'm up to 15 now I'm working on. So at 100 plus a box, you get some sense of how many of these I've done so far. Then the next thing that you want to think about is how you want to use that inventory identifier on eBay so that when you sell something, you can quickly track it down. In general, there's probably three ways you could do it. When I first started doing it, I was just putting it in the item title. So Beatles, Abbey Road, Apple Records, CD, GC13, for instance. The disadvantage to that is twofold. Number one, you're chewing up some valuable real estate in that title, which could probably be better used with SEO type keywords, things to help people identify and find your merchandise. So it's kind of a waste of some pretty valuable real estate. Secondly, believe it or not, I actually would get messages from people wanting to know what that little alphanumeric code was. Was it a special, was it a catalog number for a CD they didn't know about? Or So having it in the title actually can make you a little less efficient with your time because you may get some questions wanting to know what that's all about. So in my case, I did that for a short while and I decided that was not the right answer. The second place you could put it, of course, is in the item description where you type up a little more detail. Obviously, you've got a ton of real estate there. You can do that. The problem is when you sell that item, you've got to go two clicks deep into the item to actually find the location, which again is not probably the most efficient use of your time. What I do and what I would recommend and what a lot of other sellers obviously do is use the custom label or custom SKU field, which is the same line. It just depends on where you find it in eBay, how it's labeled, to put in that alphanumeric code. So for instance, in this listing, I have a CD called Iceburn Poetry of Fire. And you can see at the top, under custom label, it says GC13. So when someone purchases that item, I can click on it, it opens up and it shows me where it's located and I know right away where to go to find that item. The last thing that you probably wanna do with media, especially if you're gonna use something similar to this process, is to organize the stock within that box. Again, this box has got anywhere from 90 to 120 CDs in it. Um, I alphabetize them by artist. So here is a picture. It's a little hard to see, but that um, Iceburn CD is in this box in alphabetical order. So when somebody comes to order it, I know it's in GC13, so I know immediately it's in the garage, it's in the stack with all the other CDs, and when I find that box, I have a really good idea and can find that particular CD very quickly. So that just allows me to be super efficient in pulling merchandise for orders. On the front end, is it a little more work? Probably. I, I Again, and you can do whatever you want. Everybody has a little bit different workflow when they're doing listings. 
I list almost exclusively from the mobile. So what I do is I sit down at my kind of my photo booth and I have, say, box GC13 sitting off to the side. And on the other side, I've got the box of CDs that I'm working on. And I pick the item up, scan it, decide whether I'm going to list it or not, and the price, do my photos. And as I'm doing the listing, I put in right then what that custom SKU is. I know that it's GC13. The box is sitting right here. It's real easy. Then when the listing is live and complete, I put that CD in that box in alphabetical order at that time so that it's already done. So I'm not having to go back later and alphabetize that box. I've done it within my workflow. So it takes me a little longer maybe to do a listing, but I'm only touching that listing once. I was listening to another podcast earlier this week and the guy mentioned that he does his listings and then he figures out where he's going to put them, which bin they're going to go in. And he goes and he finds these bins and then he goes in and edits his listings, revises them to add the custom SKU. Now you can certainly do that. For me personally, that seems less efficient because I'm having to get into that listing twice. I'm having to do the listing then figure out where I want to put it, and then revise it later. It, it seems like an extended workflow, and it seems like an opportunity to get things maybe misplaced. I have everything laid out right here, easy to access, and I can do it kind of all at once. So I've made a couple of mistakes. When I switch from one box to the other, after you've done, say, 120 GC13s, <laughs> and you switch to GC14, you have to really think about that first few to put the right number in. And I have caught myself a couple times where I've put the wrong number in. But worst case, generally, if I don't catch it right away and somebody orders it, I'm only going to be off by one box one way or the other. Where if you're roaming around your inventory locations, kind of picking the bins that are empty and you make a mistake, it can you can end up looking through a lot of inventory to try to find that item. So that's kind of my workflow. Hopefully that helps. Um, give you some sense of how I keep track of all that inventory. If you've only got a handful of items, it's probably not that big a deal. And that's what I told myself when I first got started doing this and uh, real quickly determined I needed some inventory control and started putting location information on them. And like I said, initially I was doing it in the titles. Then I moved it to the description. And finally I settled on using the custom SKU. It's it's quick, it's easy, it is real estate that's not used in the listing for anything else. It allows me to be efficient in my workflow kind of on both ends, on the listing piece and on the pulling and packing piece. So for me, that's kind of the system that I've landed on. It has worked really, really well. I've not, to date anyway, lost anything. I take that back. I had one, I had a Hot Wheel that went missing, but I'm pretty sure I know where it's at. There's a couple of little boys <laughs> that come to visit me about once a week, and I'm pretty sure one of them grabbed it and took it home. But that notwithstanding, I've never through fault of my own uh, not been able to find anything. So knock wood that that continues. Hopefully this helped a little bit with that. And with that being said, let's take a look, speaking of things that have sold, at some of the stuff that has sold in the last week. Before I jump into that, I do want to thank um, my individual contributors again, as always, uh, Timmy P. Thank you so much. 
and Alice Goes Nomad, both of you for your individual contributions to the podcast and the YouTube channel. I appreciate it more than I can properly express. So thank you. So items for the week. I think I've only got seven today, so it's not a real big recap. Um, There were a few cool items, but this first one, going back to the 1930s, a vintage Model Craftsman magazine. This was a bound edition. This was a full volume of uh, volume eight, I think it was. I had these listed really high at 65 bucks because nobody else had them. Not a lot of activity on them. I think I've sold one. They fell into my 40% off sale that actually ended late last week. Somebody grabbed this one for $39 plus shipping, so that's not a bad flip. I own this for, this was part of the big model railroad buy, so my cost on this was a whopping $0.08. Cents. <laughs> uh, speaking of those bound model railroad magazines, here's two more. These were also on sale. I think I had these listed also for maybe $64.99. They were on sale for I think $41.99 a piece. I uh, had one customer that purchased two, volumes six and seven from 1939 and 1940. Um, I paid shipping on these, so but real nice sale, $83.98. My cost again on these was $0.08 a piece, so $0.16 cents into $84. Bucks. I would do that on a daily basis. Since we went over all those CDs, I suppose it's only right that I share one with you or two. I don't know how many I have actually this time. Uh, the B-52's Good Stuff. This was a uh, five-track maxi single, fairly unique piece. There were a handful of them out there. I think I had the only new and sealed one. I listed it for $19.99, or best offer. I got an offer, and I was literally in the process of responding to the offer when somebody else bought it <laughs> for full price. So thank you to whoever you were for saving me from myself. Um, I was going to go ahead probably and sell this thing for 17 bucks, but somebody swooped in real quickly and bought it for full price, $19.99 with free shipping. Uh, owned this for three and a half cents. I mentioned, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, the... A big lot of Hallmark keepsake Christmas ornaments that I had purchased back in the spring. I listed all of them. Um, I'm into that whole purchase for $45 total. I sold this 2007 Winnie the Pooh surprised to meet you for $32.99 with free shipping. So this one almost paid for the whole shooting match. I've sold well more than half of that lot already. So it's been really, really successful. I'm really pleased with how that's gone. I actually wish I had more because we're still way out even from Halloween and I'm almost out of Christmas ornaments already. (laughs) Uh, Onto the records. Uh, Glenn Miller, I Know Why, with Chattanooga Choo Choo on Bluebird. Uh, This is a 78 that I got in a kind of a binder full of 78s. I own these for about 50 cents a piece, give or take. Sold this for $19.99 plus shipping. 78s are a bit of a challenge. Um, If you sell records and are doing 78s, leave me a note in the comments what you're doing to pack them because I've had a couple of instances where they have gotten essentially destroyed (laughs) in shipping. And I'm shipping them in a uh, LP mailer wrapped in... Paper, bubble wrap, and with cardboard sniff- stiffeners on both sides. And I'm still probably one in five 
they're so fragile, they're so brittle, they're so old, and they're hard. They're not like, you know, modern records that are kind of flexible. Um, so I've had a couple of them that have gotten just shattered into pieces through USPS. So if you're selling this kind of item, if you have any tips for the rest of us on that, um, I am wide open because uh, this has been a bit of a struggle. This was a really interesting piece, a union carbide compound interest table. This is a spiral bound. It is literally just a chart of compound interest tables. It's from, I think, either the late 1950s or the early 1960s. It was undated. It was part of a huge lot of books I bought. Um, so I own it for probably 25 cents. Sold for $19.99 with free shipping. Again, it's one of those kind of vintage items that essentially no one would probably use today because you would you could get anything like this on your computer or your calculator or your smartphone. So it's really not necessary other than it's just kind of an interesting piece to have. Uh, but I'm glad somebody wants these. <laughs> $19.99 uh, free shipping. And this is the last item I've got for you for today. And this is just one of those just to remind you what kind of opportunities are out there with just run-of-the-mill kind of stuff that doesn't look like it has any value. So this is four totally plain booklets, no illustrations, no cover art from a series called Through the Bible Books. I bought a, a big lot of books at an estate sale, and there were a lot of like flyers and leaflets and pamphlets and things that a lot of folks would probably just throw away. And there were these four, they were all four in the same series by the same author, uh, J. Vernon McGee. There were a few, not of this particular thing, but a few similar items that had sold for 3 and $4 a piece. I had four, all from the same era, all from the same author, all in the same series. So I put a lot of these together and put it up for, I think, $11.99 free shipping. Within an hour, I got an offer for 10 bucks. I went ahead and took it. These... I recorded them in my inventory for probably two cents a piece, but essentially they were free. They were just thrown in with some books. All said and done, after fees and shipping, I made $5.24 on this. You may say, Ryan, what a waste of time, $5.24. But what I would say to you is I sell something like this almost every day. So over the course of a month, if I'm able to make an extra five bucks a day, that's 150 odd dollars a month times 12 months, all of a sudden that's $1,800 a year in stuff that most of us probably would just throw out as junk. Sometimes, sometimes they are junk. I sort through them and some of them, they're just, they don't either go together or they just don't have any value. But a lot of this stuff can sell for, you know, these were 250 a piece, which isn't that great. But a lot of them you can get 10, 12, 15 bucks for. And those over time add up. Not everybody can do that. If you don't have a lot of listings, this is not a good strategy. But if you have, uh, if you're on managed payments and you're paying for a store and you get those 50,000 free listings in specific categories, this is a category that that kind of stuff qualifies for. So it doesn't cost you anything to list. You put it in an inventory location where you can find it easily. And like I said last week, it's essentially passive income. At some point, this one sold within an hour, but I sell stuff like this all the time that I listed in some cases months ago, and it's five bucks here, 10 bucks there, and all of a sudden, 
at the end of the year, you add it up and it's a couple grand. If I told you, you could do something fairly easily to make an extra $2,000 a year, most of us would probably do it. I think this might be it for you. So with that, I hope you're having a great week. Thank you as always for stopping by. If you enjoyed this video, please do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button. If you enjoyed this content and you're not yet subscribed, do me another favor and consider subscribing. Click the bell notification icon if you'd like to get a notice each time I do a new video. And with that, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys.